Hi, good morning. Ciao. Welcome to this new episode of the Propeller Podcast. Good morning, Justin. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, this morning, we have uh, Justin McGuire, uh, founder and CEO of um, MCG uh, Recruiting Agency and Services. MCG Talent. Uh, talent. That's the, <laughs> yeah. that's the proper yeah. Yeah. Uh, human capital now it's called. Yeah, uh, yeah. MCG Talent. Is talent. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, is an international agency? Well, um, we are Middle East and Asia. So okay. Dubai, Hong Kong, Singapore, and soon to be Riyadh. That's a new <laughs> announcement on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Fantastic. No, we've put coming soon on the website. So, uh-huh. we, you know, we're not uh-huh. being that subtle. <laughs> Fantastic. But you are a very well-known um, uh, person and uh, personality in, uh, in Dubai, for sure. Um, your charisma uh, comes before you always. And, Thank uh, you. Maybe it's always known. <laughs> uh, definitely, you've been here for a long time, Justin. Uh, yeah. And so you deeply know the dynamics of Dubai or the Middle East. And uh, since how long you've been in Asia for the new... So I left London in 2008 and then um, did a a stint from here between 2008, 2010, and then jumped back between London and Dubai between 10 and 12, and then 12 to 18 in Dubai, Mm -hmm. and then 18 to 21 in Singapore, and now I'm back in Dubai. Back in Dubai, fantastic. Welcome back. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. You've been for some time. Yeah. Uh, You know, Propeller is a podcast that uh, uh, talks about high performance. And uh, our contact started when you declare on LinkedIn, uh, then MCG talent uh, for the year to come, for the years to come, uh, will be dedicated internally to develop a culture of high performance. Already you are in a tough uh, business. There is the one of uh, human capital and recruiting yeah. with the extreme peculiarities uh, that make it very complex and articulated. Um, but you took the chance really to declare what is your vision for the next years to come for the people that work for you, for your leaders. Of course, you founded uh, you founded the company. You said you mentioned in two thousand and eight. Yeah, uh, two thousand. No, I moved to Dubai two thousand eight. Okay. Founded the business in two thousand ten. Two thousand and ten, fantastic. So you went through a lot of turmoils. You have a privileged perspective on what's happening in society. You have now an international agency with many branches. So the impact of your people uh, is very spread. It means that you need to observe as well what's happening globally and understanding beforehand. Uh, the trends of technology, uh, what companies will know and need in the years to come. We know all that's happening in artificial intelligence, for example, Uh, is the new bus trend of the the next weeks and months. It's taken over from metaverse. It's taken over from (laughs) metaverse. uh, But you need to start to talk this even before your clients realize uh, their needs. But let's focus about your story first, mm. you know, the most interesting um, part of MCG talent comes from um, you as an entrepreneur, first of all, understanding in 2010, the potential of the recruiting business starting from Dubai. And uh, from nothing, basically, understanding um, that you could be the person that develop a culture, a new way of doing business, um, and uh, and develop what it is MCG talent from there. Um, tell us a little bit from all 
where all this started, you know, and uh, where all this started. Um, well, I, I actually moved into recruitment. I was in um, the advertising world, much like yourself. And <laughs> <True>. <laughs> um, I moved into a recruitment just because I couldn't find a recruiter that really understood what digital content marketing was. Uh-huh. So that was my first step into recruitment. And then from that, uh, I built a very successful sort of business unit in the UK and then got offered a job in Dubai. And the timings around 2008, as you will know, were, I mean, the world was in a bit of a pickle. That's the best way to say it, right? (laughs) I could see, you know, where our office was in London. It wasn't far from Lehman Brothers. There were people walking out, you know, the streets with their boxes and their life, well, their work possessions in their hands, I thought. You know what? I've been called to this place where the cranes are forever moving. Dubai looks like the best, place to best be. Best. <laughs> um, unfortunately, and I've told this story many times, I, I literally packed the recession into my uh, into, into the plane, <laughs> landed, um, paid way too much money for a studio apartment, and then picked up the newspaper on the Sunday, which was the Times from the UK, which had a picture of the Burj Al Arab sinking in the sea. And then I noticed there were a lot of cars dumped. Do you still have the paper? I wish, I wish, I wish, right? Um, No, basically Dubai got hit quite hard by what was going on in the the global sector. But I stuck it out. Um, You know, I I ended up doing a job that I hadn't signed up to do in in Dubai. But it actually, you know, I think because I kept this apartment for a year, I I had no choice but to stay. But I got eyes and ears on the market. I could see what was going on. Mm -hmm. And after Abu Dhabi had flicked Dubai quite a lot of money and it bailed it out. And the the Burj Khalifa, well, it was going to be called the Burj Dubai, I think, suddenly changed name. (laughs) And all of a sudden Abu Dhabi had put that money in. Um, I could see that there was opportunity. Quite frankly, I could quickly see that from all the people that had left, Dubai had ambitions to bring them back. Um, Much true to what's going on post-COVID, actually, if you think about it. Dubai didn't want to stop. And when I looked around and looked at the success I'd had in that brief time opening up a business in the UK for someone else, combined with my experience in the industry, I looked around and thought, there's just no one else doing this. Um, now, at the time, it was really expensive and very complicated to set up a, um, a human capital business in, in Dubai. So I had to be quite creative about how I did it. So I was I popped back to the UK and did it remote. So I was going backwards and forwards for quite some time. Which So you invented also the, <laughs> <laughs> the remote. Well, yeah, I, I guess so. Um, digital nomad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I actually... Um, my my mum helped me find an office in in London, which which wasn't very expensive at all. Uh-huh. Um, it was on a, a very busy street, so it felt like there was hustle and bustle going on. And the floorboards were so thin that the lawyers underneath me, which was which was pretty packed, you could actually hear their conversation throwing through <laughs> the floorboards. So when people called me, I think they thought I was in this buzzing office, but it wasn't. It was just because of the thin floorboards. Um, it all worked. Yeah. So and also the, the the problem we had was that when we set up in 2010 is there just wasn't that many candidates here. So, you know, I, I decided that my niche would be the world that I knew. You know, I, I think now everyone has a niche in recruitment, but you remember back in those days um, in Dubai, everyone was a gen, you know, the people that the business were generalists, you know, the traditional PLC firms, the Michael Page, Robert Walters, etc. There really weren't many boutique specialists. So, you know, my idea of being a pure play specialist in the creative and digital world in Dubai, servicing the Middle East, was was really unheard of. Um, now, that's great, creating something that's unheard of and being a first mover. But the flip side to that coin is 
there wasn't really many candidates. <laughs> and the people that were here before, well, a lot of them had left and dumped their cars at the airports that everyone knew. So, so they could um Well, they, they, <laughs> they just weren't there. So, so actually, me not being able to afford to set a business up at that time, meaning I had to go back to the UK and then set up as a, a one-man band there and go backwards and forwards. So I would come out to Dubai to get my clients, go back to get my candidates, was perfectly timed because I'd worked in the industry as well. I'd, I had a little black book of contacts I could I could go to and say, have you thought about moving to the Middle East? Have you thought mm -hmm. about moving to the Middle East? And as it happened, I hit, you know, the right place at the right time. And I started to generate, you know, a great deal of activity and a great deal of noise. Um, LinkedIn, I realized because I'd come from an advertising background and not many people were really using LinkedIn that sort of powerfully then. I realized that I could make myself, even as a one-man band, um, utilize the power of social media to my full extent and make myself look much bigger. And I, you know, job adverts will take away the job. They're actual adverts, right? So I used them as adverts. They were tactical adverts that I would bring out all the time. I made sure they were placed in the right place. And all of a sudden I just got a name for myself and um, had saved enough um, to, and got in business with a local partner out here and moved out by 2012. With Mrs. McGuire as well. So that was the other thing. I, it was very handy for finding Mrs. McGuire. We have always to mention. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, if there is, you know, it's behind this. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. origin and the success. Yeah. Um, your story is fantastic. I mean, the Thanks. little details that you mentioned are incredible. I remember hearing the story about the Under Armour founder. Yeah. And he was telling that he had 10 business cards with all the CFO, CEO, yeah <laughs> was all his name across all the functions basically um and in this way of course you know it gives the perspective of a much bigger operation yeah and the same up to you very true I, I my title was director which i thought was quite ambiguous you know, you, it, it, it could mean all things to all people um and i had a uk and a uae phone number so we looked international uh, immediately immediately you know, immediately yeah and actually it was um in my um, actually one of my first mentors in life but the, the company that i work for as well they very kindly gave me them the that used to work for an advertising sorry they very kindly gave me um the support to get going so i had you know as i said literally no money so i presented the idea to my old boss that i would be the perfect person to recruit for his business in the uk and he agreed to pay me up front for three months work well that gave me the runway of course to get going Good. and and in that first month I always knew that um, with sort of my drive and work ethic that I could outwork anyone. And so I did that job in the UK for him. And then I did the job in Dubai, which I just told you about, which was sourcing talent there. And I did them both together. So I did a nine, effectively a nine to five in the UK, being their uh, recruiter for this business. And in, in between those hours and outside of those hours, I was a Dubai headhunter with my own firm. <laughs> now at the time, um, the UAE was running on different days of the week. And it was uh, obviously in winter, it's four hours, summer, three hour time difference. So I could utilize that to my advantage as much as possible. So Sunday, obviously, I could dedicate purely to buy and get to as much or well, to the to the GCC and get as much out as, as I could. And then I would um, wake up really early and work really late. And I actually managed to run the two for two years. It's a um, very romantic story um, <laughs> that I'm sure they use as a language of recruiting for your people as well. So the people that join yeah. CG Talent. Um, 
You don't like the word resilience, correct? Uh, But I, it seems I, already we can see the. I, I do like. I, I like the word resilience. Uh -huh. I think it's. I, th I. I find the way people use it though is quite off the uh -huh. cuff. You know, I think resilience actually. You, have, you know, I. I truly believe someone's resilient if they've got something to back it up with. Um, I think words are easy when you say that, but I think in business, if you've truly overcome a tough situation and if you come out the other side with. Uh, a story to tell and lessons learned and come out the side and excelled well that's that's resilience that's what the re resilience stands for. that's resilience yeah but the reason is uh, starting from the origin um, and uh, seeing a vision um, unclear of course at the start you didn't have the, the idea that your agency would thrive uh, but you saw opportunities and you didn't think much I guess you know beyond in a certain horizon true Um, um, yeah, I saw I saw opportunity for sure. You know, I, I knew having lived in Dubai, even though it wasn't as the script was meant to be. You know, I'd, I'd spent um, 2008, 2010 in Dubai. I'd seen the highs and the lows. I knew that this was a place that was going to catch on. You know, there was there was too much going for it, quite frankly. You know, it was uh, the oil price at the time was was pretty good. Quality of um, of life out there was was great. There was no tax businesses geographically had an opportunity to talk to Asia and talk to Europe. I, you know, I, I believed in what they were saying and I could see it, you know. So I felt like I'd hit something before many others that were even This aware. One, yeah. And uh, although it was, a, you know, Dubai was quite a tough sell at the beginning. I was competing, particularly if I was trying to take talent out of the UK, for example. London, yeah. uh, the big... New York. Yeah, and they I were, guess. you know, people would think New York, Hong Kong, Singapore. They they typically were what I came up against. I'd say Dubai and they, you know, particularly in the creative industry, they'd sort of go, Dubai, God, isn't that where you go to sort of end your career, <laughs> you know, to take, take a like last a salary? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And they didn't see it as the dynamic, you know, country and city that it was trying they to become. become yeah. uh, and I, I, but I could see that. So, you know. Um, You've been always a great observer as well holistically on society or drivers of, uh, of changes, you know, and at this, I can see it also for the conversation that we have yeah. recently uh, of what's happening. And then I, I think that it gives always an edge on an entrepreneur that see, it talks only about the industry, you know, you need to understand the output and input of what's happening, especially for human capital. Yeah, I think, you know, if, first of all, if you're going to set up a niche recruitment business, you need to be passionate about the niche that you're in, right? So I'm an avid reader, uh, listener of podcasts, so not so much when I first set up because people weren't podcasting then. <laughs> But, you know, I'm an, I'm an avid digester of information, mm. okay? Um, I try not to watch too much doom and gloom on the news, but I try, you know, particularly B2B publications and understanding what's going on you know that i think you have to be all over that if you're going to be an expert but in recruitment one of the joys of it is that you're talking to people the whole time and when you're talking to people and again recruiting in the, to the middle east where you have the ability to talk to people from all different corners of the world to bring them over here and in those conversations which i think is one of the best parts of the job you discover much more about people's lives you discover about what's driving them to move you just got you you understand more about where they're coming from what their motivation factors are and, and if you see a scale you're able to um we yeah. draw um similarities and trends you know much 
Exactly. Before the time. That exactly. You know, you are, you are many people, you know, we were our business at the, I, I'm not going to say forefront, but we were probably one of the main instigators in bringing over a lot of people over from Latin America quite a few years ago into the creative industry here. Now I got to understand a lot about what was going on, you know, in Latin America at that time, what the value of what inflation was about, what the value um, of the local currency was compared to, and the benefits of it, the UAE being pegged to the dollar, how much that could change people's lives. You know, uh, the job allowed me to get in, learn that information and understand more what's going on in the world, you know. Vis-a-vis uh, -vis when there was complications going on in Europe, you know, when the, or when, the, you know, the Greece crisis happened, you know, there were, there were opportunities there for, for me to understand more what's going on the ground here. And people were interested in candidates from that part of the world. The, because it's a build it and they will come philosophy here, which is very different to others. Mm -hmm. If you're tactical about where you approach it, they will come. So That's I think that. you mentioned a very important principle. Um, that is part of MCG talent uh, culture, I guess, and you you uh, share it also with the the your, your, the people that work for you. No, it yeah. means understanding the opportunities and be ready to to take it and uh, uh, take advantage of it very fast, isn't it? Well, our, our job fundamentally is to find the best talent for the people that we work with for our clients, right? So we have to do that. A, we have to find out map map the global market and find out who's the best in the sectors that we're in, but also see when there's an opportunity to, you know, there could be, uh, for example, an agency in a certain, in, in the UK, for example, that it's always been incredibly hard to get business out, you know, to get candidates from, or they would never have considered the Middle East. Well, you throw in Brexit, you throw in inflation, you throw in various other factors that are going on right now. And you've, there you've got an opportunity to try and extract good talent into an area that's seen as stable and that's and that, that there's got opportunity so you know you have to be worldly aware you have to be worldly wise if you're going to be really good at this job and so I, in I, 2010 you took advantage of digital marketing at the time digital digital marketing the yeah. creativity in digital was exploding um and after covid we know the changes that are happening um, some of them that already seems dying, the metaverse mm. uh, vision, um, and now there is artificial intelligence uh, and uh, it's picking up very fast. Um, we're sp still early to understand what will be the impact on a, on a bigger scale. Um, but it's clear there is something happening to the creative world, to the digital marketing world, to advertising. Um, that it means that the work is intending now will be completely different. Yes. Um, in a recent podcast, we discuss um, with another guest um, about the changes of work through the time, the past, the present and the future of work. Um, and to convince people, you need to understand also how uh, their work will change through the time. Yeah. Um, your life is seem <laughs> a constant. Um, you can't stand still, correct, Justin? You, 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 you can never stand still. You have to always, you know, particularly as a business owner. And, and if you're going to, you know, I've, I, this coming up to 14 years in business, mm -hmm. right? So, um, and there's not, not many recruitment businesses that have survived that long, so long in yeah, the Middle East, yeah, for, yeah. for sure, yeah. and in Asia, actually. So in order to, in order to, to 
stay you know ahead of the game you need to be aware of tools and technology but in our industry let's let, let me sort of take a step back here um job boards were created mm -hmm. everyone said oh gosh this is the death of the recruiter <laughs> now we can just post a job you know and we're going to get applicants direct what do we need these agencies for well, I can let me tell you now, they, you know, <laughs> that didn't work. LinkedIn came along, you know, oh, wow, you know, here is this ultimate global tool. This is going to take out, you know, all the agencies. This is going to actually, you know, completely transform the business. Yes, it did, but it also did it for the better, okay? And if you look at a lot of agencies, they've actually used social media, they've used LinkedIn to their advantage As and you picked may, up more business. Say, yeah. So now where well, everyone's talking about ChatGPT and, you know, I think one of the most obvious changes that I've seen is people that never used to put LinkedIn posts up have now got these very long, <laughs> elaborate, you know, clearly, you know, um, ChatGPT'd um, LinkedIn posts that have you, gone out. You coined just yeah, there. Yeah. And you... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. It's yeah, true. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Um, but my point so is... So there are opportunities there. I think you know, in our business, people genuinely um, tr trust our knowledge and actually our, our, our job is to influence, okay? So my, uh, we represent our clients and we have to tell, find them the right candidate and then influence their decision to make sure that they join that firm, okay? AI is as, as, as interesting and as wonderful as it is, does not have the same power as the individual to influence. And I don't think that's gonna change. I think all these tools will enhance the job that we do. In a, in a companion perspective, so like an assistant uh, to your job? Yeah, yeah. I think it can assist. I can think it can assist in marketing. I think it can, it can clearly assist in marketing. I think it can insist in writing, you know. People, you'll probably see fewer um, grammatical errors in emails. Well, you know, that's no bad thing. You're, you know, people, I, what, but what you'll probably see from email marketing is everyone will start getting spammed a lot more with these wonderfully written emails. So probably your response rate will go down. <laughs> but, you know, I think it can only, you know, a lot of the time I've, I've learned to embrace technology, not to be scared by it. And uh, in, particularly in recruitment, which is so reliant on the influence of the individual, I stand pretty firm in the fact that I think we're going to be just fine. Fantastic. You have a very critical job that you are in between uh, uh, two counterparts, clients, on the other side, candidates. Um, there is a human factor on both sides. Um, then you mention all the dynamics that impact technology changes to the need of the market, a crisis. Uh, the economical aspect of it yeah. um, and how these influence uh, decisions. Um, the people of MCG Talent, they need to basically understand holistically all this factor and uh, keep in, in mind what is the transaction value of what they're doing. Um, you mentioned that high performance is the principle that you want to put at the core of MCG Talent from yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and your story support that. I mean, the story of resilience, story of uh, taking advantage of very quick opportunities tactically. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit of how you select the people that belong yeah. to MCG Talent? Yeah. And some of them, through the time, of course, through loyalty, um, um, they become also leaders in your organization. So they, of course, uh, become responsible of uh, OPNL and and uh, economical results as well. How, from where you start, you know, and... Uh... Well, for, I mean, I think there are certain parts of the job, you know, if I'm employing a, a CFO, 
uh-huh. for, for our company. I, you know, I want to make sure this person's <laughs> got the right qualifications. So uh, that's important. That, that, that for me is important, right? Um, you know, definitely know the recruitment yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. I think so. From an operational perspective in our business, you know, it could be marketing and uh, and finance. We, we like to see that someone's got a track record in doing the do, you know, and has got the necessary qualifications mm-hmm. they need. From a from a recruiting perspective. I think this is such a, you know, it's a, it's a people driven business, you know, and I think, um, it's also, there is a commercial side to it. It is, it is a consultative sales business. And in my experience, the best people that we've ever brought on board and the people that have succeeded the most are those that are genuinely are resilient. Now I know it's that word that we said before that, um, uh, we touched on that, that you didn't think I liked, but actually I, 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 I do. <laughs> you changed my, yeah. Um, my idea. Now. I like, I like understanding people's story so whenever i have interview someone have a conversation with them i like i like to know about their family i like to know about, about their backstory i like to know about situations in their life where they've had to overcome something and how they dealt with it how they handled it be that personal be that business because those sorts of people are the ones that can thrive in a recruitment job because you know it is one where you're constantly faced with rejection it is one where the people, the candidates that you're talking to, they have lives, you know, you are trying to find a job for them that fits their life, that fits their hopes, dreams, ambitions. But if they've got families, it fits their family's ambitions as well. So you need to be a, a well-rounded individual. You need to be worldly aware. You need to be really passionate about the niche that you work in as well, but you need to, you need to have a story. You need to have a burning ambition to succeed and you need to have very thick skin the thick skin element is something that I've learned over the f- past sort of 14 years. Okay, um, okay. That's definitely one of your, uh, let's call it strengths. So we use it, we remain in the language of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're very collected. It yeah. means, you know, you really give the time to listen to the other person. You seem very focused and concentrated. Yeah, I think... You don't seem distracted, you know, in, in the moments that you give... The, the know, time to, that to I listen. give individuals, um, be those colleagues, be those um, candidates that I work with and clients, I, you know, I'm pretty sure that I'm, I'm an open, honest person. I think if you talk to most people that I've been through a story with and, and, and probably in my friendship group, they would say the same and, and certainly in my family. I think you have to be straight with someone. You have to say it how it is because, you know, if I put you in a job and you're very unhappy I'm, I, you know, I am ultimately responsible for your unhappiness. So you feel the... And I feel, and I feel that that's a heavy burden that you have to, to, you know, to have on an individual. And the worst thing can happen, and this is a, something that's quite typical of um, the markets that we're in. So let's call it Hong Kong, Dubai, Singapore. They are um, big. They look like big hustle bustle cities from the outside, but actually they're quite tiny. Okay. And doing a good job for someone goes a long way. But equally doing a bad job for someone, word, the same. word spreads very quickly. If you don't treat your, your colleagues with respect, if you have to exit someone from a business, if you don't do that properly, you know, if you, um, you know, if you put someone in a job, then they're not right for the job. Well, you, you know, and you move them out here. You need to make sure you can try and help them go back. You know, you need, these are human beings. At the end, know? yes. These are human beings that you're talking to. And for sure you, you, you made mistakes, sorry for using this word, in selecting people as well. Mm. Someone maybe in the long run mm. didn't show the characteristics that you mentioned. Yeah. 
yeah. you feel their key um, to resist for so much long in uh, in the business. Yeah, look, I think I'm a business owner as well. Uh-huh. So if I'm putting someone, you know, expensive, a senior hire or our team are placing an individual into a company and they're not doing what they set out to do and that company is burnt cash, is, you know, is... is is feeling pain as a result of it. Well, you know, they're not going to work with us again. So I need to work with them to get that resolved. Vis-a-vis if we've moved someone out and, you know, there's something that's happened in their life that's meant the situation they were in pre-moving out is is different to the one when they've arrived and they have to go back. Well, you need to help the individual solve that problem and you need to help the business solve uh-huh. that problem. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a story, you know, and I can tell you now in the... Um, 14 years, in fact, even longer in my, you know, 20 odd years of working life, you know, the, the, everyone has a story, a and, story and you yeah. need to, you need to, you need to face those, you know, let's be honest with each other. You know, if something happens in your family, if something happens in with one of your close friends, et cetera, et cetera well, you know, that might change your situation and you've got to adapt to that. Uh-huh. So the, the um, so digital um, had brought to the idea of recruiting, Um, or a perception, mentioning correctly, more correctly, of a superficial approach to people, no? the, something that is just transactional. Um, and so, and I'm speaking on the side of candidates, you mm. know, because everyone is a candidate yeah. Yeah. at a certain point in time in his life. Um, and so you, uh, with this idea of a very fast uh, transaction, you yeah. never had the chance for a candidate to express himself at the challenges. Um, you are... Uh, a push to, of course, to polish your story as much as possible. And so putting aside everything that can impact the reality of your search, and why, for example, you're so pressured in finding a new role or a new job, mm. um, you're saying that you try to understand these aspects, correct? Y- you know, you yeah. try to give attention because they will explain much more of the choices at the end. Y- you have to, you have to try and, you know, I, I think what's changed, and because I'm, old enough and I've seen sort of pre, <laughs> pre-LinkedIn and post-LinkedIn, right? I think uh, and, uh, when, I, when, I tr- when I was trained in this business, I was trained by a fantastic firm in the UK. I was trained to be a headhunter, uh-huh. right? And as a headhunter, that was when, you know, you actually had to search, you get a mandate from a client and you have to seek that individual and you have to seek that individual typically through referrals, typically through who's the best person for this job. Will be CEOs, roles for specific. From probably, let's call it mid to senior level. Because when I first started, I wasn't doing CEOs. I would be lying to you if I said that, okay? (laughs) But my point is, is that you needed to use your network to get you closer to the right person for the job. And it, it was a very personal experience. A lot of conversations had to happen. It was, you know, it was all about understanding who did X, Y, and Z at the right time and who would they recommend if the person you're talking to wasn't the right person. And eventually you'd find that target, that target three, four people. Well, now flip that on its head, what you've got now. Now you can apply for job, you know, as, as easy as you can, I don't know, buy some bananas in the supermarket. There's, you just press a button, okay? And what it's done, I think, is it's taken the personal element out of recruiting. Yeah. It's also put quite a lot of pressure on the agencies because if we, um, pr- you know, we are expected our turnaround times have, you know, f- and the pressure that we have from clients are far shorter. We're expected to deliver shortlists with all detailed information, et cetera, as quickly as possible. And y- yes, we can do it, but 
it, you see where I'm coming from. Yes, yeah, absolutely. The, the, the personal element, particularly, you know, uh, the war of talent. And, and, in, and in our, our regions where, um, you know, particularly in the digital space where there isn't many people, where tools and tech, you know, we're not talking about London or New York, where there's an abundance of folks. But actually, um, Singapore, Hong Kong, Dubai, and the other markets that we work in, when there's a new piece of technology, well, the reality is there's not going to be that many people. You stick a job advert up, you're going to be really lucky if that right person is going to press, you know, going to, going to accept. I mean, let's be frank, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. It's a matter of statistics. Exactly. But you're still expected to find people as quickly as you would say, a, let's call it an account manager. And the, and the other thing is, is that um, we have to often find people from around the world who are going to be right for it as well. So that takes a little bit longer. And they, yeah, that, they, that, that, so that's why I think that bit that I learned in the early days of recruiting actually serves quite well because... We're not just reliant on job boards. We're not just reliant on sticking that referrals and uh, we, network. You know, and I, that's <laughs> what I teach the guys to do: that you have to use your network to find your network, and that works for bringing in business as well and client bringing in new clients. So you said that um, in headhunting, yeah, you gave a lot of space for understanding the the story of a person and what are the motivations beyond the correct, yeah. Um, still done in recruiting so your, your people do a little search you know they try to understand yeah. what's happening yeah. the tools will be digital tools i guess you know Did, well now, now we've got did obviously we've got database we've got um you know we've had a, a system in place for 14 years so that there is a, a track record of people that we have spoken to before okay obviously okay. we've got um a number of case studies people that we've placed over the years as well uh -huh. you know so We have a good network here. Um, we've, there's a lot of people in Hong Kong, Singapore, the UK have moved to other parts, different corners of the world as well, right? So we've got their network that we can tap into. So we've got the, you know, we've got the uh, the power of, of or the beauty of history having, you know, having a track record That's that, the we, value that we can really. lean on. But when I first um, learned how this craft It was with people. <laughs> no, <are> you <laughs> <laughs> well, it was with people that moved investment bankers, right? So the the business that I um, set up a division within, because digital recruitment was there weren't many people doing it back in 2006, right? So and I the person that took um, you know, that, that agreed to take um, take a punt on me, if you want to call it that, from someone with no recruitment experience to come in. And, and, and set up this digital vision. Well, the roots of their business were in investment banking, in the financial services sector. Makes all sense. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but they were the only headhunters I knew. I sort of went knocking on doors, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, and the, this office was um, um, opposite the Bank of England. You know, you walked into the office, there was a knight in shining armor. It was real old school, you know. But these guys moved very wealthy investment bankers. Now, they weren't applying for jobs, okay? They had a little window to move them after bonus season. And they had to spend a good six months serenading, dancing with that person, getting to know them to then strike at the opportunity when there was a window. Okay. Well, if you think about that, the, the people around me, I was learning from them. I was learning exactly um, how to, how to spend, have patience with someone, how to, you know, cultivate that relationship. And eventually that's what we used. Uh, and that's what, that's what we use in the digital world. And that's what I've tried to, um, teach our team in time as well it's not to be you know not to be so transactional is to is to try and make it a personal thing now i've as i've done this for longer i've moved more senior people okay so more and more senior yeah and, i'm still quite hands-on the in critical the aspect of 
the right placement becomes yeah. quantified as well, I guess. No? Well, it, when I move people now, the jobs that I work on, you know, most of the time people are married. Most of the time, you know, I'm moving a family. Um, or most of the time I'm moving a family within the UAE. And now there's a number of factors we need to think about. You need to think about it, of course. Uh, uh, and being a father of three and married, um, it, I can, you know, I can relate to that. And I think what people like is the fact that I make it very clear, you know, if I'm talking to a family, the first thing I do is tell them I have three small kids, Tell them they about will the feel school. the so empathic exactly, connection to you. Exactly. So you are an influencer. Well, <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> well, let, let, let's so practically. Maybe, you know. maybe. Yeah. But it means you're able to influence yes, people. You yes. know? So really connecting the dots. Yes. And that's yes. something that I, I can, you know, uh, absolutely recognize in you as a skill um, in the conversation that we had, able to create connections between different contexts Um, because at the end, you know, the basic needs of humans are always remain the same. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Safety is the first one. So yeah. we want, you know, um, yeah. to have a safe uh, life yeah. and yeah. happy. Um, so pressure is definitely an element that is in your job. And so the people, um, um, M MCG, <laughs> we'll coin yes, also. MCG is, yeah, the MCG, yeah. does it exist? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but so you deal with, um, constantly with people, of course, you know, they're under pressure uh, to perform. Uh, you need to be the person that maintain the, the ultimate calm in a sense, then, you know, they need to make sure that they see the things, you know, as they are collected in a collected way. Um, you must have a lot of people that come to you and say, you know, what's happening, you know, I'm maybe someone that just started as a recruiter. Yeah. Um, and so the panic kicks in, you know, I don't, Maybe some people they will shell in, you know, instead yeah. of uh, um, I need to need, need the one, you know, they recognize the situation, correct or not. Um, how much you are involved actually on the singular placement at the moment? Uh, for uh, yeah, I'm 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 still quite hands on. Okay. I mean, I, I it's it's a bit of a I do the senior, you know, I, I get involved at okay. senior highs, but I also spend quite a lot of time working with the team. Okay during their searches. So okay. I think, you know, how I can help them get better is to walk through the process with uh -huh. them. At the start or for um, all different moments? It depends on the level of experience of the individual. Okay. But okay. the people that we bring on, um, I, I, and particularly in the markets that I know very well, you know, the reality is a lot of people out here kind of know me or know of me. So I, my influence can quite often help people within that with their searches as uh -huh. well. Um, so I do, I do get involved and I think it's important that I do that because it keeps, you know, keeps me unclear on what's going on, what people are saying, the battles that they're currently facing. Uh -huh. Are they the same as what they were when I used to do it? <laughs> the, I can tell you now they are. With all the tools and technology, it's still the same, still, still the, the same, same huh? still the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, you know, I try and, um, help guide people through the process, uh -huh. you know, but. So you will spend with them, you will spend time on the phone, uh, Call calls are still there. Call calls yeah. to to clients. Or <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, one of the so it's interesting that you say that because actually I think um, one one of the things that I am doing a lot is is trying to automate uh, you okay. know automate our recruitment business as much as possible uh -huh. with systems tools processes. I think the old fashioned way the um, you know let's. 
I've told you about how personal I was with clients, but the, very much in that, those early days, the recruitment businesses that I worked for, it was it, you got your clients by cold calling, you know. And I think now, actually, new business can be a lot of it can be, you know, I think all good recruiters are actually marketeers. So I'm, I feel very privileged that I've come from a background in the in the, the, the Marcoms world because I actually think now the best recruiters are marketers as well. But recently you're <laughs> the people at the agency, they, um, I don't know if it was actually um, much scripted it was, but yeah. you launched a series online that was super funny. Yeah. No, and, um, and it means really um, that you had the capability also to not taking yourself too much seriously, yeah. you know, but yeah. sharing that at the end is a human, Absolutely. So, you but know. it was very funny. So I invite everyone really to, yeah. to well, look I, on LinkedIn. Yeah. You know, it was <laughs> Thank super you. funny. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we're people, right? Uh -huh. And it's an incredibly personable industry. It's an industry where there's, and it's very competitive. There's lots of different recruitment businesses in this world. So what's going to make you choose us over the other people? Well, it's the people, right? Yeah. It's a service yeah. business. Yeah. So you need to get to know the people. And the way you get to know the people is through content marketing. And through understanding, you know, that they know what they're talking about and videos, talk, videos, blogs, uh -huh. all those things. You know, we have a videographer as part of the business. Okay. All the, you know, all, okay. you know we've, we've got a, I'm, I'm investing in our marketing team. As and in as yourself I'm, as well. I mentioned you, to you that yeah. um, maybe, you know, because now we're starting to talk, of course. Yeah. Um, but I had the impression that you're much more out there personally, you know, with your image as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, is, I, I, is this true? And, uh, 100% true. And and I'm, you know, I've... You want your people to do the same. You want to be exposed because at the end, you know, it all counts, you know. I, the... I, I agree. I agree. Uh -huh. um, but I also, if, if I'm brutally honest with you, I've, you know, I'm 43 now. I've done this for a while. And a lot of what I've learned, I didn't learn at school. I actually, there's nothing out there that, that, that teaches. There is no playbook on how to be an entrepreneur. How to live life? No. Yeah, there, 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 but there is, you know, you, you, your parents, you know, yeah. Yeah, your parents help guide, push you along. You learn from their good, you learn from the good and you learn from the bad, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but actually, you know, the, the playbook that I followed out here in Dubai, Hong Kong um, and Singapore, having a business partner, growing a business, riding through multiple downturns and waves and stuff like that, there is, there is actually no, there's no go-to area for that. And I'm actually thinking about, you know, what else I can do that can help the headhunting business, but also a fresh challenge for me as well. And I personally think that I can, I would like to get into the world of um, coaching, mentoring okay. and teaching you okay. know, and helping okay. teach people. We've got dreams, hopes and ambitions, um, how, you know, how I did it and I can help guide them and how they can do it. Why? Well, I think that will just assist our, our, our brand um, as MCG. I think it will help drive the entrepreneurial economy, which I'm really passionate about. And opportunities as well, because you never know. It will create opportunities. Yeah, it will. You know, I the best people that I have in the business are many entrepreneurs themselves. Right? Okay. okay. Um, and if I can create a family where feeling like that, be connected to those people still, whether they stay with us or whether they go on for a new challenge, but still be involved in them. Well, that's really... That's uh, your final that, final goal. Yeah, that's a real... That, and I, that's something I would love to have, actually, because the old way of doing things was you'd have great people. You, they, they work with you for three, four years. And, and then yeah. if they're quite often in recruitment, they then become your competitors. And it's a real shame, right? <laughs> you know, because you've developed such great relationships with them yeah, as well. Yeah. And as I've got older, you know, A, I got less angry about that. But B, I actually <laughs> thought... Um, 
wouldn't it be great if there was a way that you could stay connected that I could if I could coach or mentor them if I could be part of that business enterprise if I could actually rather than having a conversation saying hey Justin I want to go on and do my own thing that hey Justin I want to go and do my own thing with you right and that's that creates creates a very different environment absolutely absolutely elevate you um on a different perspective you know to just be an entrepreneur that you're working for yourself and for your personal financial gains or Uh, family, but someone really that you know has a vision uh, of changing the industry. Changing means you know uh, for the better. You know, but everyone has an opportunity. So this part of the idea of uh, high performance team means everyone takes the chance. You know, wherever they are, you know, yeah. being a marketeer of opportunities of understanding the market changes. Um, but some people they will be shelling at this point. You know, not everyone will be welcome to be pushed. Of course. Towards an, uh, an outer space. Um, did you formalize this um, this new idea? Or I don't know if it was new, but you know, you, you explicited. You know, yeah, I, I'm always a great believer in sports analogies. Right? Oh, that's fantastic um, because it's one of the languages yeah. of uh, propeller. Well. Yeah, I just always think you know, whenever you look at a team, you know, a great like in the UK, you look at Manchester City uh-huh. right now. You know, they're uh-huh. consistently performing well. Or if you look at um, some of the great sporting teams of the past everyone has looked to their left or looked to their right and thought, I, I, I want to go into battle with that person. That, that, that is the person, that is the best person for that job, right? Uh-huh. And in business, the worst thing that can happen is complacency. Now, this is, I've, I've found over the years that complacency is the devil. Um, I mentioned to you earlier when we were talking before that I think Dubai, as lovely as it is, has a real ambitious side. You can seek out and find some of the most successful, ambitious, driven individuals you'll ever meet here but you can also have a real underbelly of complacency here where people are paid quite well and comforts have, and uh, all the all the creature comforts that they get and they sit back and they lose their edge now what i one thing that i'm absolutely driven to in, in our business is to have people that haven't lost their edge okay and okay. i'll be quite ruthless in saying that you know that if i think someone has lost their edge you and, will make it i will make a change i will make a change okay. because okay we have to be as good as, you know, we have to look around and we all have to think we're playing, playing tennis with Roger Federer, all right? We're going to have to be at the top you of the You choose, you pick up an yeah. average, you know, <laughs> You know, you have, no, you have to be, really you top, have yeah. to be, because our business is tough, you know, and it's deeply competitive. Everyone, you know, particularly if you're in a, an environment where you're sat next, you spend quite a lot of time with your colleagues, right? And, and in our business, you know, yeah, we're, we're hybrid, but reality is you spend a lot of time with these people, yeah? You need to be inspired by them. I saw this LinkedIn post last week and I thought it was, it was brilliant. And it said, in order to keep your A's, you need, to le- you need to remove your C's because if you don't, your A's will leave. <laughs> I think that person built a hundred million pound business and that was an, a really powerful thing to say. And, you know... That's the truth, isn't it? If I'm, you know, if you, if you go into work and you know that the people that you're around are the best at what they do or giving their best every day, you're just going to be inspired by them. I need to be inspired by them as much as they need to be inspired by me. That's wonderful, Justin. Um, it means really setting. Um, it's all about the vision. Yeah. Uh, at the start, I'm sure that you didn't. It wasn't clear the vision in your mind, but now it is, I guess, much more than uh, than before. Do you want your kids to to go in recruiting? That's a very stressful. Do I want my kids? <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm 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 
completely as and this may sound really i, I want my kids to do what brings them joy and happiness you know I, I actually wasn't ever pushed into my mum was fantastic um uh, my, i told you my father passed away quite yes and i was um when i was pretty young so Mum was great in the sense that she just, you know, uh, number one, I think she always just thought whatever I was going to do, I was going to be great at. And and, and, (laughs) but that even if she just gave gave me that feeling, you know, and what a wonderful feeling to have, what what a uh, you know what a gift to have. So I didn't I didn't ever feel the pressure to be forced into something, you know, and and that was um, that was that was very you know. Uh, a relief should we say in the sense that when I went out and you know went to my first day at work and she just thought well you're going to be really good at it you know? and that's <laughs> and, and when I came and told her that I'm going to leave the world of advertising because I did I can't remember if I told you this I did this um I resigned with no reason to uh you know no reason, no reason when I left the world of uh, advertising I basically knew that I needed to uh, a fresh challenge so I, I got a map of the world and I literally spun it when my finger landed on Honduras in Central America. <laughs> and um, I decided to go and live there for a year. Honduras, yeah. And I remember that you mentioned yeah, this. Though. Yeah, there you go. And mum was like, well, you know, you just go for Let's it. Go, you'll you'll, make you'll it. be great at it, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, she was a bit upset that I'd be away for a while. But she thought I'd make a success of it. And you is know, your mum still with you? Is part of your mum's very much? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Mum, mum's, mum's, mum's around very much. She so. must say, "I told you." No. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, she, she never does, but she always reminds me of the desk she bought me um, the, the, for the first. Uh, yeah, for, for the my first, first office. Yeah. Um, That's beautiful. It's all part of the of your story yeah. now. No? That again, looking back, you can yeah, yeah, draw. Uh, some connection that they weren't clear. You know, I, I think I, I, I actually, I think everyone has a point, something they can draw back to a point, a moment in their life where they made a decision, which actually snowballed into many other decisions. And, and they go towards the, yeah. And they go towards where they are now. And for me, that decision was actually that day I decided to resign and looked in the mirror and said to myself, you know, I'm going to go and do something completely different because moving to Honduras actually gave me, Uh, you know, I, I, a lot of I, became, I felt very brave making that decision and actually when I came back to London afterwards I got more job offers than I had before people were fascinated by what I'd done so that when I got a call in 2008 and said hey do you fancy this job in Dubai well I'd done Honduras what's going to be more scary what's than that <laughs> right and I didn't you know, definitely I, not Dubai yeah well I <laughs> moved here having never ever been to the Middle East uh-huh. you know uh-huh. I literally, like many people like many yeah people. I walk, walked out of the airport in September and just got hit by a wave of heat and thought <laughs> what is this you know but Honduras gave me that, that bravery and, and I think when you look back on all my decisions I've made it, that, that one is the, is the focal point We are having, unfortunately, close to the, to the end of this beautiful chat. I feel that really should uh, last <laughs> much longer. Um, my last question to you is that now um, um, reach um, a certain point in time, of course, the success of having built a business that is thriving and is being resilient means that you are setting uh, the, 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 the culture very deeply of MCG talent, but also you as a person, you're defining very well which are your strengths and uh, which one of these you want to share with your people and uh, which stories you want to use to communicate this. All the idea is to reach high performance. It means very constant, um, um, high uh, results. But you change as a person as well. Yeah. Not correct for the yeah. time. Yeah. It means you need to reevaluate constantly. 
I think I, I said this to the guys in um, uh, the end of the year that, you know, I've, I have an, a fantastic wife. I've got three beautiful kids, <laughs> you know, and I, hopefully I've got a life because a lot of my staff are a bit younger than me, right? Hopefully I've got a life that they can aspire to have. Mm. And I don't mean this in a wanky way or anything like that. <laughs> no, but if I'm, the way I behave, uh, what they see outside of work has to be something that they want to aspire to have. Despite. Because how I hold myself, if I held myself, you know, if I came into work and I was slick as you can get and, you know, um, made the business tons and tons of money, but outside of that, I would, my life was a disaster. You'd find me, you know, walking out, chatting up girls left, right and centre. Oh, well, what's, divorced, what's, the, what's the deal there? <laughs> divorced, you know, like you'd look at it and go, what's the point in this? Yeah, you know, why, yeah. what, why would I want to be, you know, what is the point in working that hard if that's what the end result is? Yeah, yeah. So I think you have to give off, you know, I'm a human being. I'm not faultless. I got, you know, and I, I share my uh, pains with with some of the staff and, and, and obviously I, I sometimes on LinkedIn I talk about some of the things I struggle with correct um, yes you're, you're very very yeah, open and, uh, yeah yeah but uh, but the overriding feeling that I want the people that work with for with and for me and my and the partners that we've got within the business in terms of um, our clients etc I want them to to know that I hold myself to very high standards and um, I'm not ashamed to show that that's fantastic you mentioned one of the next goals, or actually no goal, is going to happen on the yeah. um, the opening of the uh, of the office in uh, in Riyadh in Saudi. Yes. yes. Uh, what else for MCG? If you can share, of course. Uh, yeah, I think naturally our business in the Middle East um, is being, you know, like with most companies in, who are based in Dubai right now, they're having to do a lot of business in Saudi. So because of the drive, the, yeah, the, the drive, the, the ambitions, the you know the with characteristics and dynamics very similar to to Dubai, no? Of, uh, yeah, actually, yes, but also I find a lot of similarities with what we've with what I learned living in Singapore. Okay, and the reason being is obviously in the UAE there isn't the population really to sustain some of the the, the ambitious growth that the country has. So uh -huh. they rely on that back again that build it and they will come philosophy. In Saudi, it's quite different. You know, you've got a very young ambitious population you've got 30 million people you have a population that can fulfill a very high amount they of the jobs of the, that they need the growth yeah. same in singapore right you know very very well educated group of you know five million people very well educated um country a country that looks after its individuals and a country that wants to put singaporeans first and put singaporeans into great jobs well that playbook i find quite similar in singapore to what's um, to, saudi. to saudi and and that's what i think having that experience and having you know, fingers in those different pies really helps you understand what's going on there. Yeah, it helps you understand how businesses will think there and also how you can provide a valuable service to them with that at the heart of it. So not just thinking you can bring an expat in for everything. That's fantastic. Um, we are arriving to the end of the, of the chat today, uh, Justin. Um, I really hope and thanks a lot for sharing your story um, and the key aspects and moment of what is your vision for MCG talent and also the, the past. And now we arrive to the to this point. I really hope that inspires people uh, to, as you say, to see complacency as a as the final, you know, um, um, you know, mistake to avoid, you know, um, and having the hunger that you constantly have, you know, and but also the best of your of your profile and the strengths that I that I've been able to see. Um, 
high performance means really being able to um, connect in the dots and see where is the next you know direction but based on what we've done before uh, sometimes there is the idea of change as a constant distraction of what happened before because maybe there's been a failure um, but in reality is okay what are the two three things that i can reapply for the future um, and uh, you seem a fantastic uh, example of this so thanks a lot for that um, and uh, for the time to dedicate it to this um, uh, for everyone I invite uh, to subscribe to the podcast and follow the next um, release in particular the one with Justin that will happen in the next weeks and I hope there will be a second part maybe of the of the podcast you know, to talk so. about uh, so. the, the future so thanks again for your time Justin thank you thanks a lot uh, and I wish you uh, to everyone a fantastic uh, day ahead and uh, again we'll speak soon Thank you.